You're listening to the Rossa Report, where information is power and knowledge is freedom. Now, your host, Michael Rossa. All right, my guest today is longtime owner of one of the most successful live music and restaurant venues in southeastern Wisconsin, having an average rating of 4.3 stars on Google, Grubhub, and Facebook. Paulie's Pubs, located directly across from State Fair Park. And this neighborhood venue has basically captured the community and given its residents a, a place to go that's familiar and friendly. Live music four days a week and food specials that seem to change almost daily. This local establishment is definitely a huge presence in the community. All right, welcome to the show, Paul Budiak. Right. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. When I look at your business model, I see something that you're doing that's 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 correct. I and I see it from an outsider's obviously I've played your, your club before, but I also see it from an outsider's point of view where I see that you have a lot of things that you're doing that I think a lot of other venues need to emulate. So let's just start back at the beginning. Where does your story with Paulie's pub start as far as you taking over ownership or where you purchased it? Where's your story start with that? Sure. Um, I, I'll, I'll kind of go my background. I, I DJed and bartended up in Germantown uh, where it was tunes and club Baja where I DJed. And then what is bubs now was, um, Union Station, and I bartended and DJed there. That's where I cut my teeth. Um, I had uh, limited time in my hometown, Kewaskum, with a partner. Uh, we opened a bar for, uh, I was there for about two years. Um, and uh, that just, uh, it was two different uh, perspectives. So we, we decided to part ways. I came back here. Um, I lived in West Dallas, and I told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm going to go back into printing. Cause I had looked at a hundred different bars, Illinois, Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin, uh, Racine, Kenosha. Um, and I had just, I was on the corner of 84th and uh, Greenfield. And I said, yep, yeah, I'm going to go back into printing so I can have a normal life and have vacation and have stuff like that. And, um, I had seen, uh, Scotty Bunker, uh, putting the for lease sign on this bar. Um, so I had kind of been in here maybe once or twice when it was painted parrot. My wife was here when it was bunkers. Um, so, you know, with the location and everything like that, um, we contacted Scott. Took us about seven months to kind of do for them to do their due diligence. Um, they were here for 18 years. They wanted um, someone that would kind of run it the same way they did. Um, you know, American style bar with uh, different opportunities for entertainment. Um, so we finally did that. Um, took us about three years. Uh, we bought the property. We bought the duplex behind us first. Um, and then uh, we've kind of uh, been going ever since. We we didn't have a whole lot to start with. Um, so I kind of had to rob Peter to pay Paul. So it took us quite a few years to kind of get back from that. Um, which, uh, you know, if, if I was telling someone to starting now, I, you know, um, a lot of things we paid for, uh, you know, cash instead of doing loans for our patio, uh, which put us in not the greatest position money wise, but, uh, we always paid our vendors and paid our, our, uh, employees and, and our, uh, you know, our entertainment and then whatever left over, if there was any, that was kind of us. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, we kind of live by modest means. We got a duplex that's right around the area. Um, we don't go on a ton of vacations. We don't spend money on stuff that we don't need. So uh, it's kind of what it's kind of what we've done. That's how I I grew up in my household uh, with my parents and uh, and my wife was kind of the same way. So uh, we don't have to. You can see me. I'm not the flashiest dude in the world. So, <laughs> so you're you're kind of like most owners. I think they they have to put everything and, and anything into something that they're passionate about. They got to put a lot of time into it. They got to put a lot of effort and a lot of money, as you know, and a lot of times you don't see that return come very early on. That doesn't come till way later. Right. Right. Yeah. Now there, there was years that I didn't sleep at all because I was worried about stuff, you know, and, and we, it, I think our, our perspective started changing. We're part of a restaurant group and it was all, uh, it was all uh, paper-based uh, for checklists, for inventories, and things like that. 
And there was, I, I don't know how it happened. All of a sudden there was one day I was just looking back uh, at, at that. And I saw that they were implementing an online system for it. So a daily checks and balances on your budgets and on everything like that. Um, so that was our first foray into turning things around, excuse me, being more efficient, uh, giving us a pathway every single day to hit our marks what we needed to. Uh, so that was a really big turning point for us. Sure, because you can see everything in front of you rather than guessing and, and kind of estimating things, right? You have a very physical way to see where you're going, where you're headed, and where you've been from, right? Right. Everything everything we log in every day, so we do our totals from the previous day. So it adjusts our liquor budget, it adjusts our beer budget, adjusts our wine budget, adjusts our food budget, adjusts our labor budget. So instead of all of a sudden after the whole week is done, adjusting to fix what's going wrong we fix it every day and oh, that's, sometimes twice a day yeah wow twice a day and i think it's 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 easy for people to come into a, a venue and look and just and not really know what work goes into behind the scenes and like you were just saying with there's a lot of science to it is there not yeah uh I, everything and you know we tie you have to tie into uh, QuickBooks, so you have to kind of do that. My background, I have a bachelor's in business administration. I was in printing, so I had to go over all the quotes that uh, that were coming in from our salespeople to make sure our salespeople were quoting things right. I had to deal with all our vendors. So all those things together helped me kind of uh, start here. And obviously, you have to learn every day. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> Otherwise, you are left behind like in two seconds. There's, there's a million things, you know, uh, audio, visual, plumbing, electric. Um, everything goes into this. You know, I've got a good base of vendors now, um, but they'll come in and I have enough experience that we'll go, okay, what's the best way we can attack uh, what we have to do with the plumbing? We're putting a new patio on, uh, the cover on our patio. So we have heaters, which I've never dealt with outside. We've got steel roofing, which I've never dealt with. I, I ordered steel roofing, and one of the contractors said, this isn't the right steel roofing. Well, <laughs> that would cost me $3,000 more, so we had to work around it. This is 30-year 30 30 year, uh, warranty, and the, the other one would have been 70-year. You know, for my purposes, I'm 52, 30 years. The next person that has Paul is probably going to take care of it. But, you know, uh, things like that, um, we didn't enclosures so we uh worked with a couple awning companies and uh, tony goff's company is giving us a quote um and so we needed to, to you have to learn every day and adjust what you're doing what i've what i've really learned over the past 20 years is do the project right measure cut or measure twice cut once sure. so if you're going to put something in go through all the perspectives because there's some things we had a panini press that we we're, we we're putting in. Okay. The panini press had uh, electric that you could not put on a, a surge protector or a, a trip, you know? So we didn't know that. So we spent $5,000 putting in electric and then it, it, it was, didn't work on that. It blew the GFI. Oh, sure. So we looked deeper into the, the panini press. And that one can't go on a GFI. Oh, no. So, you know, stuff like that, that you're, you're doing, I mean, you deal with electric all, you know, all the yeah. time. So when something goes wonky, you have to know how to fix stuff on the fly. You sure. know, at two in the morning or one in the morning, if, if my sound system goes out, I need to know where it's powered, where, where everything is, so I can get that running again in two minutes. Sure. Otherwise, I lose if I have 100 people in here. That that's you know that's all money, and that money goes quick. Everybody doesn't have patience anymore. So, um, if you if you, if you lose everything, you're you're basically done in ten minutes. You know, absolutely. And like you said, it's, it's it's you're learning as you go. So even even after you've been in the business since two thousand four with this this location, still today you're learning every single every day. Time. And I think that's what a lot of people have to understand is that in any business you're never at a point where you you've learned everything you need and everything's on autopilot every single day, especially with the, the climate of business is changing 
all the time, as you well know, people have to accept the fact that you have to be willing to pivot and evolve and try to make a new path. Right. 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 And, the, you know, that that's a lot of the stuff we'll drop. We'll try almost anything once, like promotions or running different things. And if they don't work, we'll we'll as a management team, we'll look at it and go, OK, what worked on this? What didn't? Well, do we do it from a different perspective? Uh, generally, we don't throw everything, you know, the ba- the baby out with the bathwater, what they used to say. Sure. We, we keep parts of it and then then we change how we're doing different things. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's a, a couple of things that you mentioned there. Obviously, you're you're in an area where there's a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, a lot of pubs and restaurants in general. What do you think has been you have a huge food food menu? What do you think is has been the thing that has helped you kind of remain successful when you have a lot of options so close to you? Um, you know, I, I obviously proximity to state fair that helps um, our location. You know, we're we're ten minutes from the airport, ten minutes from Waukesha, ten minutes from Menominee Falls, ten minutes from uh, you know Maquanago, maybe fifteen minutes out there. So we're super centralized. So if anybody wants to to meet you know, before they go to a game or anything like that. Miller Park, eight to 12 minutes away. Downtown, the Pfizer, which we do shuttles to, is 14 minutes away. Summerfest, 20 minutes away. So these are all things that um, when when we started uh, branching out and doing different things, we looked at within a half hour radius. What it, What is something that maybe we can't provide, but something else can provide and we can be a, a tool to help people get there to the Fiserv or Summerfest, American Family Amphitheater, Brewers, you know, things like that. Uh, and, th- and that that's helped us out immensely. Yeah, the shuttle definitely is something that you guys are really known for, is going to the games, going to even concerts. And now you've picked up this idea to start shuttling people to other venues that are maybe farther out. How did you come up with that idea? Just yet, yet again, looking at uh, what, what could help serve? Well, yeah, yeah, those those things. Um, some of it was uh, self-serving. I'm not gonna lie. Of course, uh, I don't get to go out a whole lot. You know, <laughs> working, so it was nice. You know, when somebody would play uh, in, at Mad Scientist in in Waukesha or at Saloon on Calhoun or at the bar, uh, Shank Hall, uh, so I could go out and have a couple drinks. And, you know, me and my wife would go to something, and, and or I'd go by myself. And it was just nice so I could take uh, one of our shuttles. And I'm like, you know what? I think other people would probably want to do this because our location is so centralized. So, you know, if, if you live on the south side and you want to take an Uber by us and go out to Steel Point uh, or Rally Rally Point, I always mix those two together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, but, you know, that's, yeah. that's something like that. So you, you take an Uber and, it's you know, it's $18. And you know, a drunk driving is $18,000 plus you can kill somebody. So, sure, uh, you know, those are things. Um, it, it's nice. And it's kind of, you know, those field trips, things we've done in the past, we did, we used to do a camping trip um, and it just got devolved, which we're looking to bring back. But a lot of people that went on our first two camping trips are, are friends st- still to this day. And that was 16 years ago. You sure. know, so, so you kind of meet like-minded people, people that like different types of music. And, and those are things that you kind of put together and, and it works out. Yeah. And I think that gives, I, I kind of look at, at Paulie's as I kind of call it the cheers of, of, of the area. Cause it, it really is that place where a lot of people know each other. You have, a, you have a click that kind of goes there on a regular basis, but then you also have people that like to utilize it as a centralized location. Well, we're going to the brewer game. Hey, let's go there, grab some food, and then we could take their shuttle. And that, and that also obviously helps out for parking because people hate going to these events and having to park and that really helps them out. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, box playoffs, seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five dollars for parking. Yeah, exactly. You know, things like that. You, you got a, a, and not knocking Pfizer, but I went to a box game. Three drinks for eighty-eight bucks. You know, if, if you've got three yep. uh, Bush lights for nine dollars instead of eighty-eight, <laughs> uh, it's fiscally sound, as they used to say. Uh, you know, it, we we aren't aren't the cheapest place in the world. Um, but we do that for a number of reasons. We want to keep everybody safe. 
sometimes your price point also attracts people that you don't necessarily want in your establishment because you can't control uh, how everything is going on. You know, we watch a lot of stuff to make sure that problems are stopped before they're even started. Sure. Um, and we're proactive like that. Um, we just implemented, uh, you know, I've been a bartender for almost 35 years and we just implemented no drinking for our staff so that we can keep our head on the swivel, everybody, you know, yeah. so that um, I, I think that's the safest way to go. It also ensures that our um, service is is ex- exceeding other places. Um, you know, when, when you can uh, see people all the time and you're not a little bit slower, um, people are like 15, 20 seconds. If you don't acknowledge them, you yeah. can lose them pretty quick. So those are big things where, where you're looking out and going, hey, I'll be right with you. I'll be right with you. I'll be right with you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that, that's all it takes is just a little bit of acknowledgement. And obviously with, with your plate, what is the capacity at Paulie, by the way? Um, we're a little bit over 150 somewhere around. Yeah. So obviously we, I've been in there when it's just, you know, wall to wall people, it's, it's, it can be very daunting on a, on a, on a staff to try to keep up with that many people in such a small spot. How, how are you, especially with COVID, you know, after COVID happened in 2020 and everything shut down and then as everything came back and came roaring back, it seemed like, uh, you know, for that first year or so, people just were dying to get out. But now it seems like a lot of people are struggling to try to find staffing. Like, how, how are you navigating trying to keep staffing together? Our biggest, our, I've had a lot here that have been part-time for a long time, you know, 12 to 15 years. Um, obviously, I, I'm one that will spend money on advertising. The, the money that I do spend is to bring people in and to keep people in. Um, you had asked a question about as far as the cover charge, why, why we don't do a cover charge. I think my, my job is to entertain people. And I think people will spend that 5 to $10 over the bar Instead, you know, and that gives my staff an, an opportunity to make more money during tips as well. Good point. So, you know, Very good I, point. and, you know, instead of a jukebox, we don't have a jukebox here. We have our own in-house music. So you're always, you don't have to worry about that. So that's money that you don't have to spend on that. Plus, I can control the vibe. I've right. had, <laughs> had, you know, my my bar in Kewaskum, our, our bartenders would leave uh the jukebox on like uh, the highest setting and then <laughs> fish fry all of a sudden at six o'clock, I've got, you know, I had uh, 75 to a hundred people in there enjoying their fish fry and somebody throw Metallica on at, at 11 and half the, the bar would be like, what the hell? I having a heart attack. Um, so those are things that I, I think are our job uh, to do, you know, for, for bigger events for, uh, you know, um, New Year's Eve and things like that. We do a lot of appetizers and a lot of just nosh foods because we we understand that it's not good for people to be hammered. You know, it used to be really really party and um, and it's a kind of a different mode now. Um, yeah, try to really really because uh, you you want people to come back and you want people to be safe and and you know the crowd's a little older now. So you get people that have, you know, and one of my examples is um, you've got people that have CDLs, uh, which have a different, you know, you know, where they can uh, tolerance by, by law. So if you're making, you know, let's say you're making $80,000, if you lose your CDL, where are you going to go and make $80,000? Right. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to go and become a Walmart reader for $14 an hour. No. And, and make that up so you don't have those opportunities. So I think we have to play a part in protecting people sometimes from themselves and to make sure, you know, uh, we'll let people park their cars overnight and do things like that. I just need to know when when it's snowing out so I can move vehicles because I'm really in a retentive about cleaning up my lots. Sure. So, you know, when, when the bars closed at three in the morning, I'll hit them once. Uh, hit them again at five o'clock, hit them again at seven, and then go home and sleep for a little bit and, and kind of do that. Um, Have so, you ever had to uh, refuse service to someone in the bar? Yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's you know, a tough we, decision, but it's it's the right decision. Right. And, and you know, I try not to call anybody out. I'll pull them to the side. It's just like, you know, right. uh, and just say, hey, you know, 
you, you're a little inebriated tonight. Can I get you water? Do you want uh, some chips and salsa or something like that? Um, I, I, I generally give them the opportunity. I say, you know, uh, you can leave on your own volition or we can have the authorities. Uh, we've got a really good reputation uh, in, a, in a partnership with the city of West Dallas because the less they have to do, sure. You know, it's it's the same thing. The less the less people get get an opportunity for hurt, getting hurt or anything like that, um, and, and they don't like to see people in car accidents, so they don't like to see people you know uh, fall down and hit their heads or anything like that. Um, and my staff is starting to get kind of that point. I've got big shoulders, so I have no problem kicking people sure. out. I I'd rather be the the asshole, you know. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I, but I'm usually pretty, pretty decent at it. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. I've had people walk behind the bar and when, <laughs> when you come behind the bar, you're, you're fair game. Cause yeah. you, I have no idea who you are. I don't know if you're going to grab one of my bartenders servers or if you're holding us up or doing anything like that. Um, but I, I tried to uh, become a better person and a little bit mellower person uh, in those in- instances, cause they can really, uh, set you from one level to the next oh, yeah. you know no that's it's, it's a great point when you talk about um the cover charge thing that we did touch on that was definitely i agree with you a hundred percent that i think when people try to charge these really high cover charges i think if they would just take more of an approach that okay if we just do no cover or if we do have to do a cover let's do a very low reasonable cover and if you bring more people in, you're going to make up that money in the long run by more people being there and maybe having an extra two or three drinks. Because, you know, people will say $10 cover. All right. Well, then I'm just going to go drink soda all night. So how does that really. Right. And, and, and you have labor, too. You know, we have. Two doors. So we've got hourlies that that would have to be paid for pretty much the whole night. So, right. that, you know, and, and I think it's also a partnership uh you know, we did in-house sound. I remember, I I remember when bands used to bring their own sound in. I remember that. <laughs> I did that. We did that. You know, I, I didn't realize it was you know five five to seven hundred dollars that some of these bands were paying for sound to come in. And you know, you don't have to worry about that. You're not getting out at four in the morning anymore. It used to be four in the morning, and I have to be back at six. Like, come on, let's get. And you're you're the guy that's got to wait around, right? Right. Right. Um, <laughs> So I think uh, I think some of that, uh, and like I said, it's a partnership too with the bands uh, and uh, Grassman uh, from Soundcheck Mike uh, really helped us out, kind of centralizing stuff, um, and and it it seems to work out pretty good. I, and obviously, we're always trying to improve. You know, if we if some sometimes we have uh, questions on well, how loud is the music? You know, I've been doing this a long time, so I can pretty much tell my my sound guys, hey, you got to bring it down just a little bit. You know, sure. the yeah. subs subs are high, the the top end is is real screechy, yeah. uh, and, and sometimes they're listening for different things. Where I'm walking around all the time and can go, okay, this this speaker needs to be this, this needs to be this, uh, and they're pretty receptive to that. Obviously, they've been trained it there there where I don't know how to do the buttons, but I my ears are pretty pretty good. Uh, and they're pretty receptive to when I say, hey, you know what, we need to do this just a little bit. Um, you know, a, a full room compared to a, a, a half empty room to compared to an empty room. For sure. Totally yeah. different animals. Absolutely. You know, and and it really can make a band too sound really, really good if the, the levels are right or sound really, really bad. And it doesn't take much to, to switch those switch those two things, you know. Oh, for sure. I think Grass, Michael Grassman, he is, he, he's kind of, it seems like he's kind of become your right hand man, so to speak in, in, in with the music and the, the open jams and kind of coordinating the booking and, and stuff like that. Has he, has he kind of become that for you? Kind of your right hand man? Yeah. For, for a lot of that, you know, you, you know, that, those are things we've had multiple open jams and multiple hosts. Um, and what we had, you know, kind of come up with sitting down and going, because we meet approximately every quarter, you know, and, and we're talking all the while, but going, okay, well, how are we going to attack this? These, these bands, because um, we have budgets for each of our bands, there's a, a certain amount that's that multiplier 
that we look for um, so that we can we can keep providing these services without the cover and different things like that. Um, and a lot of them hit, some don't hit. And, and then if, if all of a sudden they don't hit for two times, we'll approach a band and say, okay, what, what's going on? Are you, you know, for us, for um, Facebook, I generally, every single band, I promote 25 to $50. I, I do, I, cause you have to invite by 50. It's yeah. the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. I'll do 2000. So I'll go back into the event 40 times. You know, and and do that, and then we're also on KLH and we're on the Hog. So, you know, like I said, with with my staff, we'll bring them in. You got to keep them in by having uh, proper service. But that's also, you know, if you've got four in your band, if if we be, we build an event or you build an event, and I'm responsible for two thousand, and each year per each year person in your band is responsible for inviting four hundred people. You know, you're talking four thousand people see that, so you get ten percent of four thousand people is four hundred dollars or four hundred people. Correct. So, and, you know, and, and that that is what 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 the going thing with Facebook and social media is now is six to eight percent. That's how many people see your events, your posts, uh, anything you put on Facebook. Only six to eight percent of your followers are actually seeing your stuff so like you said it's important to get everyone on board to try to do as much as they can because you have to overshoot just to get that measly six percent to come well, through the I, door <laughs> you, know? Had, you know and in other locations i know have had all of a sudden you know two thousand responses or we've had 800 responses and then you get 100 people right 50 people so right. you have to really you know you prepare for the best Look for the worst. You cut your staff if it's slower, which we, we generally, I like to keep staff on because it only costs X amount of dollars to pay someone per hour. So if they're if they're uh, serving two drinks per hour, it pays for their hourly, plus it pays for, you know, the lights, it pays for the gas, electric, and it, it pays for other people, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that what people sometimes, I think, get wrapped up in is – with social media is that promotion still has to be done. I think a lot of people fell into this trap of thinking that social media was going to be the only promotion. Like I can just make an event and I just let it sit out there. I never have to re keep repopulating it because it gets dropped down so far down. So I think people just got into this like, Oh, well now we got social media. So now we can just put it on there and it's just going to go to work for me magically. Right. which it does not do. The one thing that I really, really, really respect about you is that every day you do your live thing saying, here's what's going on today. Here's what the drink special is. Here's the food. Here's the bartender that's working today. Come say hi to her or say hi to him. And you do this every single day. It's That's what I really like that you really put a lot of work into the, to the promoting of the product. You know, that all started when we did our remodel. I didn't okay. even know there was a Facebook Live. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I'm, I'm not the most technical guy in the world. Um, but when we were doing the remodel, I could, you know, we dropped, we dropped almost 40% in sales. And, you know, that, that's a big chunk to, to take off of that. Just because so, of, the, of the mess and the disruption? Right. And then, you know, people are like, oh, my God, that's, that's scary. I'm not going to go in there. <laughs> right, right. We didn't, we didn't have, you know, for State Fair, we didn't have air conditioners. We had. Oh, sure. So we're, we're talking 110 degrees inside, you know, inside. we got the windows open, doors open. And we're right. back. But, but a lot of that, um, you know, when we did that, you know, people did remodels at home and did different things. And they didn't see a scale that what we were doing. So every day they got to take ownership of what we were doing and see, gotcha. you know, this is what's going on. You know, it's, it's kind of cool to, to be a part of it and not have to get your hands dirty right. or hurt your back or hurt your legs. Sure, sure. You know, spend the money. Had, yeah. And, you know, when we took apart our kitchen, I had put it on on Facebook. Because um, it was uh, very, very interesting. You know, Brett uh, from in Brett Ketter, the uh, drummer from Insane Octane, he came and helped uh, one of our hairstylists uh, of, that we have a hair salon that runs from upstairs, came in. And then uh, Bill, 
uh, one, I don't know if everybody knows Lori McRuby, one of uh, her, her roommate uh, came in and helped me, you know, and those are one of the things they got to do it firsthand. And they're like, holy cow, this is going to be crazy. Cause it took us two days to tear everything apart in our, our kitchen. That was 18 by 12, you wow. know? Um, so, and, and people got to see it. Um, and it was, you know, in, in kind of moving out of that, when we got, done it took us 11 months to do all of our stuff um and there were there were engineering things in there that we had to take you know we originally were going to put steel beams and everything well steel beams after we engineered everything you know and tried to get them in then all of a sudden steel was a different commodity so all of a sudden instead of being two weeks for steel beams it was six yep. months for steel beams for sure and then so we had to uh we had to um re-engineer it all the wood to the micro lambs uh, so we we're able to do that, you know, and I, I thankfully went to high school with the owner Drexel. Um, and I called <laughs> him up. I'm like, Hey man, can you get these for us? He's like, oh, I'm for you tomorrow. Um, so, uh, they supplied happiness. I think that's their, uh, their keyword. Sure. So it helped us a ton. Uh, you know, and I've been, my family was in the building trades. My brother's a building inspector and he's kind of like rain man with everything. So some things we would go through and, and sit down and go, how about we do this? How about we do this? Uh, so that was every day of doing that project too, of changing things, uh, you know, because we had to look at our budget. We had X amount of dollars to spend. So, excuse me, if we had to, if we had to spend, instead of spending $20,000 on lights, we had to find a way to spend $5,000 sure. on lights. Right. You know? uh, and that's kind of what this business is too, you know, because everything, um, Inflation, you know, they're they're saying it's down. It's it's not down. It's down from what it was. It's down from the. It's yeah, down from the increase. Right. Um, right. So you you know you you got things every day. You know, and what we're doing now is monthly, uh, which it, in which the big chains, um, Fleming's, uh, you know, uh, bigger ones like that, they do their menu every day. They re-engineer their menu every day. Sure. You got somebody at corporate that they have fifty other places or hundred places. They go here. You got to print these on on spot. They get get it done at five in the morning. Print all their new menus. They update all their point of sales every day. You know these are things that you have to uh, keep on top of that. Uh, you know now there's different things. There's a little bit higher taxes in Milwaukee County. Yep. Taxes in the city of Milwaukee, which is already hurting. I know a lot of owners down there. Um, you know it, that. So you have to make sure that that. Your price points are reasonable, but they also have to keep you in business. Because I think we we do a lot of things and a, uh, a good job trying to uh, make it uh, a memorable night for mo most people most of the time. So if if we're not able to do that, I don't know if somebody's going to be able to take come in and do that same level of service or want to do that same level of service. Because sure. the shuttles, I mean, shuttles were doing 60 a, a month. That, yeah. that takes tons of scheduling and jumping here and there and everything. And then, you know, you figure we have four full-size buses now. We have four vans. So maintenance on that, insurance on that, everything, that that's in its own business there. So we have that business, the transportation business. We have the bar business. We have the food business. Um, so you got to look at them all separately, and then you got to look at them all, all together. Sure, they all have to be managed somewhat separately, even though they're all under the same entity. Right, right. Pretty much. Well, let's get into the food a little bit because I was doing a little little digging on you. And um, a 4.4 out of 5 average rating across Google, Grubhub, like that's a very high rating for food. And I noticed you have a lot of different food items. You're changing things daily. You have a daily soup thing, like a different soup each day of the week all the way through the month how do you manage all of this all of this food under one roof like this uh my staff had, my staff uh we we hired our chef chef joel stiller um about a year and a half ago um i think it was yeah probably a year and a half ago and one of the things is um in 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 life this is what i've seen too is, is don't wait for tomorrow to get something done <laughs> um, you know, when, when I was in grade school, we got around to it when I was in second grade because nobody ever gets around to it. You know, if right. you need something to do the next day, 
if you don't prepare for other people, uh, it, it, it doesn't work out at all. Um, so we've been on pretty much the same page. Um, what we did, we, we had actually probably 30 more menu items uh, that we, we scaled down and said, let's do this base menu. Uh, and that was coming out of COVID and, and you had alluded to employment issues. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that it was e easier for our staff to attain a certain amount of quality. So, um, and we've changed some things. We used to do uh, half palm burger. Um, we brought in a special uh, meat from Five Seasons Farm uh, and we did a certain burger for a month. Um, that didn't end up working out for us, but they brought in the burger with two quarter pound patties and it seemed like they're juicier than a half pound patty. <laughs> right. So then we changed to uh, a local supplier meat, uh, which was good, but then we went to certified Angus. And certified Angus, the burgers are phenomenal. And they're quarter pound, they're on a flat top, uh, just have a really good flavor, a really good uh, uh, moisture point or grease point or whatever you want to call it. Sure. That you see. Um, so those things like that. So we brought that menu down. And then when we got our staff comfortable with doing that menu, then we said, why don't we do this? We have, you know, eight menu sections, nine menu sections. Why don't we take and do a feature each month from one of those sections? So, you know, if we have, we have hand-rolled mozzarella sticks. So if we would do, um, if we would do uh, different egg rolls, like a, a Spanish or Mexican egg roll. So that would be our feature for the appetizers for the month. A different burger features, a, you know, and kind of trying to coincide you know, February is a cold month. So we wanted to do something that was either jalapeno or, you know, things like that to spice it up a little bit. Um, so that's been working out really well. Uh, and that one of the things we have to keep on top of uh, advertising. You know, when, when I get people that call me on the first of the month and they're like, where's the menu? Well, we haven't <laughs> it out yet. Uh, so those are things, like, yeah, those are things uh, that behind the scenes we need to do. You know, and uh, uh, so we're working on that. We, we went to meet Mondays. Um, Mondays were a little bit slower. So we figured, you know, it'd be nice to do. Um, and and uh, Romney's place down in St. Martin's, they do a great pri uh, prime rib on Monday nights. So we do prime rib one week. We do uh, meatloaf one week. We do uh, ribeye steaks one week. So we're trying to do things like that. And Thursday, we're going to like a Tuscan Thursday. So we're being able to do uh like a pasta night um so we've got features all the way through the week pretty much and then like for sporting events we've got a special menu that's geared more towards that uh tater tot nachos uh you know um things like that so um the biggest thing is training if if you can break everything down and have menu in menus recipes pictures of everything so you can go Okay, this is what we needed to do. It needs to be done like this every time. McDonald's. McDonald's right. might have the crappiest widget, but it's the same crappy widget wherever you go in the whole world. Right. That, you know, so those are things uh, where you don't want to take the feeling out of cooking because there is a lot of feeling in cooking, but it's got to be prepared. Every single cook, uh, chef has to prepare the same exact way because I've been to places that have something phenomenal and then I come back two weeks later and it tastes totally different. I've done the exact oh, same yeah. way. It's usually with over seasoning. Right. I'll go there one time. It'll be seasoned just perfectly. I'll go there next time. It'll be so much salt in it. It just completely tastes completely different. And we've stopped going to some restaurants because just the food just changes. And I think you find that a lot in restaurants, like you said, where the consistency is not there. And that will turn someone away right away. Because if you start going to some place because you really love what they have to eat, and then the food changes, right. well, now you're, you're not going to come back there. You're just going to go find someone else down the street. Right. And, you know, and, and obviously I, I own a place. So usually if something like that happens, I, I don't write letters or anything like that. But I'll talk to the manager and just say, hey, just to give you a heads up. Last time we were here, this was freaking amazing. And this time it changed. I don't know if you're you're using different ingredients because you can't get suppliers. 
or you have a different cook that is it up to par. But just to give you a heads up, because I, in this business, the more people that provide good service, good products, the better it is for an industry all around. You know, uh, West Dallas has a lot of really good restaurants. And I think it brings a lot more people to West Dallas. Um, so I, I, I've never been to the one, one of the people that is like, oh my God, this, I try to look what's going on in my house, not in anybody else's house. Right. And try to fix the things that I know we need to fix here or keep on consistency. Uh, but there are, there's a, there's a lot of great restaurants around, uh, around here, pizza joints, uh, burger joints, uh, you know, uh, Asian, Asian. And so there's a lot of choices for everybody. And I think the consistency, um, along with the service, those two will help you exceed against other people. But I don't think you have to necessarily, uh, fight against other people to make your product uh, good. If you take care of your product and your service, everything else is going to come in anyhow. You know? Yeah, you just focus on what, what you do well. We There's a Mexican restaurant in town up here where we used to go a lot and then the food completely changed and we just stopped going to it. So the consistency definitely works. And I think, like you said, if if you if everyone it kind of brings people to West Dallas. So if you're if your place has really good food and good live music that's going to bring people to West Dallas, but then the, the shops and the places down the road benefit from your customers as well, bringing them to your place because they're also going to be in town. Right. You know, we, you, you play outside during summer for, for us. And those are things that, you know, Captain X down the road. Yeah. This is down the road. So a yeah. lot of places pre-party there. A lot sure. of people go, go there and they go after so there's only so much room that we can have right, and, right. You know, we can service. So I, I think it works out. It's a good uh, partnership that way, you know, and, and that, that helps where, where uh, those places don't necessarily have to advertise as much or do those things. Sure. Um, but it, it, it works together because we couldn't, we couldn't handle all those people anyhow. Right. But it's great that they, they can do that and uh, help them out a little bit, you know, yeah, and and everyone's benefiting. Speaking of the musical acts, the um, what are what are obviously get your thoughts a little bit on the the current scene. M- my quick thoughts are that there's a hyper saturation in the scene right now. There's so many bands, so many places that are having live music, duos, trios, full bands. You have a lot of band members that are playing in four or five different bands. So if if you're a fan of X Y Z singer. And you can see them Saturday. You can also see them next Saturday at a completely different bar and a completely different band. And I think that it's a challenging time, I think, for bands and venues right now. And what what are your thoughts on on where the music scene is right now? I think you know, uh, every everything swaps depending on what time of year some of the stuff is. You know, there's outdoor bands, there's indoor bands, there's bands that are up and coming. Uh, we do, you know, our Sunday night we do. Um, or after dark, which is Josh Becker and Gabe Sanchez. So, and Mike had brought this up. Why don't we have bands that want to play here test their metal on Sunday night for 45 minutes? Because sure. they might not have ever had played before in front of a live audience either. There's right. a difference between practicing in the garage and playing in front of a live audience. Um, so that was a great idea on his part. And some of them have worked out. Some of them haven't. Um, but those ones get some people in the door. Um, and I, I think, you know, depending on what the radius is, um, you know, it's pretty tough if all of a sudden somebody plays the bar on Friday night or Saturday night, and then the following Saturday they're by me, and then the following Saturday they'd be at Moe's. I know Mo doesn't do a ton of music anymore, but those are all saturated in, in that point. Um, but, you know, they, you can't hold it. I don't think you can hold it against musicians for loving playing, you know, cause I think right. that's in your head. I think it's in your blood. I think maybe the scheduling portion of the musician needs to get in touch with the playing portion of the musician sure. and kind of do that, you know, because you know, I, I, I don't have the ability to put this to this or sure. this to this. Um, and I, I, it, it's, it's definitely, they don't see the practice that you guys put in too. A lot of people, they come on 
and say, you know, I'm one of them, Jeremy Jason. Um, every show he does here, he's downstairs for two hours doing doing exercises. Sure. Otherwise, his fingers tighten up and, and things like that, which you never think of. Right. You, know, you guys are athletes in a different way of being an athlete. Um, 100%. So I, I think some of that, uh, that, and I think there's also that window, if you don't play for a month, how how rusty do you get? I don't you know the older you get, do you lose it quicker? I I don't know. I I don't have those abilities to do that. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. people need to play often, and I think what you brought up about the the bands that are up and coming, the new newer bands that want to play, it's hard for them if they get offered a date by you, and then they get offered played at you know Debar. It's hard for them to say, well. It's a little kind of close to our date at Paulie's. Like, I don't, we probably shouldn't take that. But then again, we need every gig we can get right now when we want to play. It's a little harder for, I think, bands like that than maybe bands like us have been around for many years where we can be a little more selective and really look at the schedule and say, okay, well, this week we're playing here. So the next week we want to play. You know, that's why we've kind of ventured out way out of town to much different areas. So we can try to control that schedule a little bit. Right, and it does, you know, it, for the for the newer bands, I think it's more important for them to look at it, you know, because you're going to draw, if you play, you know, two weeks, you play at the bar two weeks before, and then two weeks by me, you'll still kind of have the same draw. Where that band, everybody comes out for one of those events, and not the second one, you know, kind of right. what I'm yep. saying. Um, so, and, and the, that's not, that's one that's, Generally, if you hit your coattails or whatever it used to be, uh, <laughs> we advertise a lot. Yeah. So if you're going to get your name out, you're going to have it on Laser or on KLH out a lot, you know, more. And plus all the advertising, we send 10,000 emails out a week, too. Yeah. So these are things that we promote to get people started. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, we get a lot of festivals that come by us that say, you know, how are these bands to work with? How, how are these? How is their crowd? What is their age bracket? What, you know, what is the spend? So we get a lot of, uh, you know, festivals that, and the, a lot of the festivals are going way of the dodo. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. there's what, two, three church festivals that uh, were done last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so we've got a, we've got a hybrid. We hybrid it outside um, to do things, um, you know, but we still have to have a partnership with the neighborhood. And, and, you know, that's why we did the time frame that we did. And most of our shows are Sunday by seven o'clock on Sunday. It's quiet outside. It's good. to right. uh, You know, and different things like that. Um, so, in, in we don't want to push, push our welcome uh, because I, a lot of people, my staff, uh, bands, um, sound guys uh, depend on that for, for, for income, you know, so that, that helps, you know, Sometimes you think if you're doing a, an extra four shows and it's 100 to 150, that's 600 bucks a month. Yeah. Well, 600 bucks a month can go a long way to you oh, sleeping yeah. at night, you know, and going, hey, okay, I've got some money in the bank. I'm not to the negative. You, you know, right. Uh, well, a lot of these musicians, um, you you know that you know if they're doing three, four shows a week, where they're doing an open jam, or and then you're doing an acoustic show on a Tuesday, and then they are part of an open jam on Thursday. Obviously, those people, this is their income. Whereas a lot of band members in a lot of other bands have somewhat of a day job, typically, so the money isn't always that important to them. But the people have to remember that a lot of these musicians, this is what they do for their income. Right, and and those those are things, and, and uh, I, we have a lot of uh, you know two three troubadours. We do yeah. one and two piece on there. It's six to nine, um, but a lot of those will look at their schedule too, and go, okay, I'm going to be playing at O'Connor's on Friday, so sure. I can't take this gig. But you got something two weeks, and Mike's Mike's very flexible that way, and I'd rather have them do that because we want them to have a good show at O'Connor's and a good show here. Right. You know what I mean? Every, we want every band to play. It'd be great if every band could play to a packed house all sure. the time. So that's and that's part of part of the whole community. Um, you know, and, and one of the things you had said kind of like cheers, um, you know, we we see a lot of musicians when they're done with their shows. Stopping or, in. 
Yeah. You know, and and it's kind of like like the camping trip I was talking about. You know, when we did camping trips, we'd all come back on a Sunday. Well, we'd get back to the bar at four and say to Barco, I was talking about the camping trip. And that's kind of what you guys do. Hey, you know, hey, we played at this location this the first time. Did you guys go through this? Or it sounded really great. They got a great sound system. You might want to talk to this guy or, or things like that. So, it, you know, the best person to, to bounce things off of are people that have been through that. So they can, they can ask your opinion. Hey, Mike, I saw you played at Tipsy Turtles. I know they got new owners. How's the sound going out there? How's, how's, how's everything? Did it make any changes since it was uh, AJ's? You know, so you can you can do that and you can talk and then, oh, perfect, great. This is was something that we were thinking about approaching them, about playing out there. Sure. Now, now I will, you know, uh, and, and those are the best ways to find out from somebody in the know. You know? Yeah, that that's, that's a big reason why I started this whole thing is that I, I have this firm belief in that people – you learn so much from other people's experiences just from talking with them, kind of like we're talking here, or if you're talking in a bar with someone, like you said, you have a fellow musician. I have people come up to me all the time and ask me, you know, who's the contact? How do you get into this place? What's this place like? And I think that's the best way for us all to have successful businesses is to go to someone and ask questions and learn from their experience, learn from their struggles and, and from their mistakes and their wins and that's the yeah. best way you know doesn't mean we're not gonna make mistakes we'll probably make some different ones but we probably won't make the ones they made because they'll tell us not to <laughs> right and those those are things you know over 20 years you make a lot of mistakes yes and the, the the biggest thing that i've seen in, in you know they say when you fall down fall down what do you do you get up and there's been a lot of times i've fallen down over the last 20 years i get up and we try to reassess you know, you, you kind of step back and go, okay, well, what is going on? What, what's going wrong? What's going right? What do we need to attack? And and then put yourself and go, we need to attack this first, this first, this first, this, and, and go in line and, and do that. You have to reassess that every day. And that's kind of in life. Uh, you know, sometimes we're not, I'm not the, the best guy to go work out and stuff like that, uh, but I'm getting older. So I know I need to do that. And so I can, you know, uh, make better decisions later on in life. I, I, I've worked a ton over the last 20 years, 30 years in printing as well. So I want to have my body when I'm 60 to be able to move so I can do some traveling. I can do things like that. Sure. Uh, so I have to think eight years to 10 years in advance, how my body is going to hold up. So I've got to start doing things now or before now right. to do that, you know, diet, we've talked about diet and that's one of the things. You know, if you don't follow a diet or or do things, it really doesn't it, it really doesn't help a whole lot. No, you know, and, and, and it's it, every day. When you're talking with staff or or you know, and this goes for bands too. I tell bands this all the time that you know when you're you have to evaluate and assess what's working and what's not working. And the hardest part for in any and you'll I'm sure you'll attest to this. Cause it's this way in the band life. It's this way in restaurant life, bar life is that if you, if there's nobody in the organization, that's going to say, Hey, this isn't working. It's, it's hard conversations to have in business or in a band or anywhere in life or with yourself, right? It's hard to look in the mirror and say, look, man, you're really not doing, you know, you're really letting yourself go, but there's gotta be someone in the organization that's willing to say, guys, this is not working. We have to change this. And those are hard conversations to have, are they not? Right, right. Yeah, you, you know, you, you don't sleep at night. You don't different things. So that affects your judgment, too. So if, you, if you're, you know, kind of proactive about things, that's, that's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm a person that all my lists are in my head. Now, that's the difference between myself and my wife and yeah. – management staff they they take copious notes they write and, and i'm starting to get to that point a little bit so if i have 10 things that i know i have to do this week that goes on an excel spreadsheet and so i can cross things off yeah uh, but there's things that i've been doing for 20 years that are ingrained in me where right. other people when i'm trying you know they they say it should be the matrix where we can put something in your head and we can download it to our head well, that's not, that's not how it works, you know, because no. then everybody would be a guitar virtuoso or, or you know, 
um, a great drummer or, or whatever. But um, you have to pick up different things, uh, techniques to save you time, to save you uh, effort, um, and to streamline things, and and to look harder at what you're doing, processes, um, personnel, um, and kind of go. You you've had changes, you know, uh, with your your band over the last how many years? Yeah, you've got to sometimes. It's really hard because you don't want to desensitize yourself to being human and caring about people. Right. Um, and that that's a really hard thing. Uh, and then to look at business or personal, you know, because there's been some people in the past that we've, we've held on for too long and they, they wouldn't excel here, but when they went somewhere else. Right. And I can see that, but it's really hard to, tell someone that and say, you know, to tell them that it's not that we don't want you, but I think you do better in getting out of this environment because it is a hard environment, you know, yeah. to go, this is maybe what you need to do, uh, you know, and, and do something for yourself. Don't worry about where you're going to leave us in the lurch or anything. Right. You know, do what you need to do so you can sleep at night and be who you need to be, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. been times in my life where, where, people have had hard conversations with me and, 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 and in the end, I've went back to them and said, you were 100% right. Even at the time it hurt and it, it didn't feel good at the time. But now that I see it from this other side of the fence, you were right. And I, and I needed to hear that, you know, and that's hard for people to hear. Right. And I, it's hard to do. It is it's very difficult to hear. It is. It, it's not good, man. I, I, I don't like it at all. I, I never, ever like, um, you, you know, separating from people and doing things like that. When I was in printing, we had a huge downside. I was a manager and I had to walk 20 people out, man. And these are people that yeah. I worked with for 10 years. Yeah, it's hard. You know? And uh, to see them crying and be shattered, man, that, yeah. that's tough. So every time we do something, I, I try to think of that and give people certain opportunities um, uh, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. And I think you have, as long, as long as you have long conversations leading up to that point to where now you're at a point where maybe this, this isn't just, this isn't working. Um, I think if you have long conversations leading up to that, to where they don't feel like this is out of nowhere, I think right. they, they feel it too. But, yeah. but I think, like you said, we're emotional creatures and there's no way for us not to feel bad about the situation. But on the other hand, I don't think any business really succeeds unless there's someone at the helm, either one person or a group of two or three people. Someone has to be in that business saying this, this has to change and we have to make these hard decisions. Right. Right. And, and you know, those, those are things where you said the conversations and sometimes it's, in, in this industry, sometimes it's processes. Yeah. Where processes aren't laid down exactly. This is exactly what you need to do. So if and we're trying to do that more and more. Okay. You know, you get a checklist at night. This light needs to go off by this time. So these are down to the, the nitty gritty. And if you can't do that and you're on your phone, people are on their phone all the time. So yeah. if you can do a checklist on your phone and you can <laughs> check it on Facebook, you can make sure that right. you're doing everything at the end of the night. So we're, we're trying to do that. And it, it gives people more of an opportunity to succeed too. They want to succeed. Yes. Everybody likes to go, Hey, you know what? I crossed something off the list. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, everybody likes that. Whether it's in life, if you're at home and you go, you know what? I have, I have laundry to do. I have um, dishes to do. I have lunch to make. I have prep for the rest of the week. I have the snow to shovel. You get one of those done. Okay. You're starting. Don't sit down. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. Snowball so, effect. You know, if, you're, if you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing it for somebody else, it always it always adds to your confidence, too, you know, in, in the way you feel about yourself, that you're getting something done within a reasonable amount of time and being productive in, at either your job or your home. Yeah, and I think we've all, as as managers and managing the business or, or you know, the person who makes the decisions, I think – there are times I know for me personally that I've said, you know, I didn't really lay out what was expected properly enough from the beginning. And that's partly my fault. So I can't 
can't really be too upset because certain things weren't followed because I didn't really lay out what it, what the list was, like you said. Right, right, and it and it, it's hard once you hire someone and you don't explain to them. Yeah. To put those back to put those in place. Right. So you have to with every employee, you have to hire them the same way and set expectations. And we're still trying to do that because you know each position is fluid too. Sure. There, there, there are different things changing. You know, we've got everything going on in our shuttles the last year, for yeah. the last two years. Our staff had to react to how to do shuttles, you know, and, and I'm this is exactly how we need to do it. And these are the reasons why. And if you don't want to follow it, then you won't work when they're shuttles. Right. You know, because sometimes there, there's some that we have 600 come through here, you know, within three hours. And you have to do it the same way all the time. Two drinks, wristband, get it taken care of. So that when they, when they want to hit the shuttle, every their their check is closed out. They have their credit card back. They know, hey, you know what? We're leaving our next shuttle for Summerfest in five minutes. Please be outside. Boom, they're outside. Right. You know? Yeah, and it it makes everything work smoother. And I think people do. I think they feel that once they have a plan of action and you do you have a protocol to something that just makes everything work easier. And I I always tell people it takes the stress off of you. Because it it does it takes all the thinking out of what really needs to be done because you just get into this robotic mode of I do this first, I do this second, I do this third, and then everything just falls into place. And if we all do that, everything runs very smoothly. Wow. Yep, it is phenomenal. It's it, and you know, you look up, all of a sudden three hours is boom. It's like that. If you're not doing it right, you're not putting bottles back where they're supposed to be and different things like that. You're running around trying to do different things. Every little hiccup when there's that many people and that much volume, it really, really exacerbates everything. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's all great points. I, I got to tell you, it, it, it was great talking with you because I, I don't really, and I say this about a lot of people, but I, I don't think people from the outside really know all of the work, effort, thinking, deciding, uh, worrying, all the things that go in to running a successful business, let alone a business that's failing. But even running it, people say, oh, everything's great. The business is doing great. You guys are awesome. The place is always packing. It's like, it must be so easy. No, there's a, there's, there's a real work ethic, I think, that has to go into it. And I, I right. think you, you, you summarized that pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things, you know, with COVID, that, that, that kind of was like one thing that we can never, ever stop again. Right. So you always have to improve every single day, which that's probably myself putting a ton of pressure on myself and going, you know, if we have a slow Monday night, okay, what happened that Monday night? What was it? You know, was it 32 degrees out? Was it eight degrees out? Was there snow? Was there no bucks game? Was there nothing on TV? So we, those are things that we have to break down. So what can we bring people in? Because, a, you know, a difference between a successful and non-successful business, maybe $5,000 a week. Or sure. a month in sales. Yeah. So those those are things where you have to get it down. All the pennies add up. You know, uh, Ben Franklin wasn't too stupid with that penny. Penny <laughs> and it does come down to pennies because everything's percentages. You know, yes. you said Facebook six to eight percent. Imagine if your feed you could get uh, twelve to eight to sixteen percent. Yeah. You know, and, and those are those are those are little numbers that people believe. Oh, three percent doesn't make much. Three percent on a X amount of sales is huge. Yeah, huge. Big time. You know? Big time. Uh, that's the difference between vacations and hair plugs and uh, everything else. So. <laughs> right, all the all the fun stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Paulie. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I th I think people are going to get so much insight to you, and I I think a lot of people see you in the bar, and you're the guy who's always smiling and just always got a big grin on his face. But I I think a lot of people don't really realize uh, everything that goes on behind the scenes and all the hard work that you put into it. So appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share this with people. And uh, if you have anything else you want to plug that's going on, uh, I know you got the new remodel coming up. Yeah, you and. Uh, our, our Harley giveaway. This is our first 4A and the Harley giveaway. Uh, so we got a 2023 Street Bob. Um, we are doing it for the uh, West Dallas K9, Milwaukee K9, and Milwaukee Fire, uh, Milwaukee Fire Department uh, victims uh, charities. Uh, we're also partnered with uh, House of Harley and Jesse James uh, Spirits. 
So if you look on the House of Harley website, and I believe our website, there's a QR code so you can sign up for a autograph Jesse James Dupree from Jacko uh, Guitar. And what we're doing right now, because uh, February 3rd, we're doing uh, the giveaway at the Kill Winter Party at House of Harley. Uh, that'll be about three o'clock, we'll be doing that. Um, we are doing $50 uh, purchase for the raffle ticket. And you get a $50 Paulie's gift card. So it's basically a wash, uh, but you can use that gift card starting the following day. Um, so we're trying to get as much as possible. I know that uh, West Dallas Canine is fully self-funded. That is not in the budget. Uh, those vehicles are about $100,000 to uh, put out. Um, I think dogs are, uh, I thought we had one of the officers last night, Officer Allison. Um, it's a reasonable amount of money for the dog and training and food. Um, so that's something we love. We love dogs. I'm, I'm a dog guy. Uh, not that I, I don't understand cats at all. But, uh, <laughs> Nobody I does. Know dog guy. Uh, but that's something that we, we thought was really, really cool for us. So we've got a limited amount of tickets. So we're trying to hit those to sell those. If we can do that, uh, it's going to be a, a huge impact to those three, um, charities. So excellent we'll your time with that. So. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, obviously it's a big community feel over by you guys, and uh, much much success and much continued success to you, my friend. Right on. Sounds awesome. Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you.